I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Musky Hunks Podcast. I'm one of your five hosts this evening, Ryan Reed. We have four hunks on the line and we've got a uh, we've got a few guests for this evening, so pretty five fired up. On the line. Five, all five. Said, all five, yeah. Woo. Before other hugs. Four, four hunks uh, uh, aside from him. Right. Four additional hunks. Alright, so glad we, we got have... that straightened out. Thank you. Thank you. So we have on the line tonight, Mr. Tom Venata. Yellow microphone's fixed. Check, Micro- check. Look Much better. Much, Much better. Much better. So is, is Kayla with like you? last week, Ryan, just Kayla's couple. currently weeding decals for the show. All right. Is go. she weeding show Big O's bro. decals? She's weeding musky hunks decals okay. at the moment. Because Maybe some hard, Big O's later. Harder. Well, tell her, tell her I will pay her, pay her separately in cold hard american dollars that tom doesn't know about if she does some big o stickers no i will i'll let her know we'll have a side deal i'll let her know oh, it's terrible whatever you can't even get stickers from your sticker guy just a rough just it's tough rough out guy. here we also have on the line tonight mr nick fiesler evening good Happy evening to be sir here. how's larissa has spring has spring sprung in here yet oh no uh, not it was there was snow this morning. So you're you're all by yourself. You're living the. Uh... I got the dogs. Oh, okay, you still have the dogs. She'll be back tomorrow. So. All right. All good. Well, it's good to see you, sir. We also have on the line, Mr. Donnie Swink. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Good how's, evening, Donnie. How's the uh, How's the uh, baby doing? She's baby great. Good. Very well. She's doing very well. That's our weekly update right there on yep. Baby Jeb. And we have the one, the only, Owen Seaman and, B- and Big O's Bucktails. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, sir. How, how are things in the uh, Seaman household? Good, man. No, you know, we can't complain. We're ready. Everyone, again, is ready for spring. <laughs> it's the reoccurring theme. Over the there. reoccurring theme. All right. Well, I'm ready for I'm ready for spring. I'm ready to start trolling some musky baits around here. I'm I'm I've been uh, slacking quite a bit with the whole trout thing. Thanks, thanks to Tom getting me back into trout fishing last year. We uh, we did the Twin Lakes uh, day yesterday on uh, Saturday, first day of trout. I'm ready to go musky fishing now. So, Owen, why don't you uh, why don't you let everybody know who we got on the line tonight and uh, what we're going to talk about? Absolutely, we got a big weekend up ahead of us here. Uh, everyone getting ready for their musky season and the, this is a new show we have coming up in New York this weekend, which is the New York musky expo. So ahead of that, we wanted to kind of give a spotlight to, you know, one of the vendors that's going to be there. And this is a, a duo that I've kind of, you know, followed on Instagram for a long time. And I've always been really you know, honestly impressed by the amount of baits that, that are put out and the quality, the, the, the color schemes, everything. So we wanted to talk to the, the guys behind BNN Custom Rod and Tackle, and that would be Nick and Bob Cox, who are a father and son duo who, uh, you know, honestly put out an array of baits, of musky baits that really cover just about anything that you could possibly want in terms of musky fishing so 
they're going to be at the New York Muskie Expo. So, Nick and Bob, I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here tonight, and hello. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for having us on tonight. No problem. Have you guys. Yeah, like we're really, really looking forward to this because I, I, I've mentioned it on a couple of previous podcasts that you know I'm, I follow you guys on Instagram and it's I'm always impressed at the volume that that you guys seem to put out, not just in you know the number of baits. I'm not talking baits sold or anything, but the number of different you know options and possibilities that you guys provide. But before we get into like the specifics of your company, I want to want to start by you guys are a father and son musky bait building duo, right? Yes. And you've you from you're from Waynesfield, Ohio, right? That's correct. So in terms of where we are here in western Pennsylvania, Waynesfield, Ohio is um, probably close to midway between you know the like the the midwest musky areas in terms of you know the chicago the illinois uh musky waters but then you get on to the wisconsin and and minnesota water so you're kind of geographically located in a place to you know to kind of expand to to have an, a presence out west how did you guys get started with this whole thing good um let's see here we started building baits probably oh 2010 probably started out um bucktail spinner baits and started in probably 2012 13 building some rods with it kind of just dabbled in some crankbaits started messing around with some different things um and was I'd this like both of you like at, at, like in a combined way? We're like, hey, let's start doing this. Or was it one or the other that kind of got started? It was really both of us. Was, I mean, we started, we used to go to Canada every summer for at least a week. Um, more pike and bass fishing than anything. Right. And we got into building our own bucktails and spinnerbaits and stuff to take up there and play with. And it was probably about 2008 instead of 2010 when we really started that. Where did and, you guys uh, go in Canada? It was um, the Pickle River, um, which is the next river south of the French River, a little town called Port Loring, which would be midway between Georgian Bay and North Bay, I guess is the best way to put it. Okay, so I mean, you know, both Nick, Nick, Nick Fiesler, another one of the hunks here, uh, is he's very familiar with the Georgian Bay area because he, uh, his fiance is a native up she, there. That's where she is right now, is in Killarney, Ontario, should be yeah. just up past. You turn off a little bit past that, go up the almost the Sudbury, and then you turn off and head right to the water there. Yep. So that's that's an area that you know we've, we're both familiar with, and it's 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 easy to understand how you would kind of be taken by that area and want to want to spend more time there. You still go there pretty okay. frequently. I haven't been up there for ten years. Okay. <laughs> Any other destinations you go to now? Um, most of our fishing occurs on either Saint Clair or um 
lakes on the eastern side of Ohio. Caesars Creek is the closest lake in Ohio to us. We spent quite a bit of time on that, too. How far are you guys from Lake St. Clair? A little over two hours. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. oh that's close. That's yeah, not That explains it. So you guys have been, you guys have been, um, you know, going to Canada, but, and that's relatively recently in terms of, you know, a lifetime, you know, in 2007, 2008, 2009, is this something that, you know, you guys did, you know, as a father and son, when you guys were, when you were very young, Nick? Um, I think I went to Canada since... Pretty much almost since I was like an infant. I mean, I was okay. going mom and dad from there, clear into early 20s. And then once I got into college, wasn't able to go with them as much. But, but now yeah. when you go so into I, Canada, are you talking, you go up through that corridor, uh, like between Detroit into Canada that way? Do you know what I mean? Like Windsor uh-huh. or yeah. like we, the, the five of us are, you know, on the eastern side of I guess the border where you would go up, we go the, we go Port Erie. Erie. Yeah. yeah. We go Port Erie and East that bridge. way around. Is that the rainbow bridge there? Yeah. Ambassador bridge. Oh, ambassador bridge. Okay. So, all right. So you guys, you know, you, you did the, you did the, you know, Canada pike fishing, mainly pike and bass fishing. You know, that seems like a bit of a jump to go from that to, okay, we're going to start building this huge 30 some musky baits, right? This huge (laughs) array of musky baits. Like you start with bucktails and spinner baits who, which one of you gets into building a wooden lure? Because honestly, my dad and I are going, you know, I, my dad is a, a, a woodworker extraordinaire. He built his own airplane, you know, he, he needs projects. So I, I want to like get him building building little crankbaits or something. So it kind of reminds me here. I'm like, how do I get my dad to, to start building crankbaits here? Well, we got to kicking it around that if we wanted to get serious about building baits, um, spinner baits and bucktails are good. Don't get me wrong. I like them, but we wanted something unique in a crankbait, the hard bait line. Yeah, as a guy that makes spinner baits and bucktails, like it's it's an easy hobby. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's kind of like the hobbyist in me. I I'm I'm more into the painting of the bucktail blades than like because sure. I've always yeah. said that you're never you're never going to reinvent the wheel when with a bucktail. Right, right. But um, we got into the tinkering around with uh, building cranks and stuff and toying around and in. 2016, we had an opportunity to purchase the Talons line, which is our all of our wood baits that we're making now from a guy up in Michigan that had some health issues and stuff. So that all became final in 2017. So everything that we had been doing, we rolled over into this and started building everything with the talons name on it for the wood side. So how much, how much of the, the BNN lineup is talons as opposed to, you know, what you guys had been doing before that. As far as the wood baits, most of them are talons. 
And uh, what did you? Still- like, I mean, I don't know how that happens when you when you purchase, uh, you know, another company. I know how it happens when you purchase, you know, a, a company company. But in terms of a bait company, you know, do you do you purchase the molds? Do you purchase the designs? Or if it's a wooden bait, you're obviously fabricating that by hand. So, we how does that work? All, okay, we got all the patterns for all the different style lures. We've added a couple, like the um, eight-inch deep thread. Eight-inch deep added. thread is one that we've added. Okay. Uh, there's a couple others that are in the works that aren't ready yet. Maybe next year we'll get them out. Um, but we started with when we bought the company off of, uh, Mike King was the guy's name and when we bought it we got all the patterns for everything that we're making um, all his little tricks and then we've added a bunch of our own tricks now did he as far as did you keep him on as like a consultant for a year or so to like kind of teach you how to you know teach you how to do the stuff he's yeah more or less he's available we still talk to him every now okay. and then or is okay you did this how did you do that yeah when we bought the company um <coughs> as we were in the process of finalizing everything we had agreed to do it um we spent multiple weekends going up to his place and he walked us through and we built lures with him walked us through basically the entire line building everything with him from board to paint to finish bait we went through everything now are some of those like you know the talons are kind of that you know flat-sided or the sorry deep threats have that flat-sided profile like the ripping uh minnows and shads the Mm -hmm. like the slashers are those on a lathe or are some of them lathe baits or is that all all starts as a flat slab of wood and yes okay now with those original templates have you made any changes or like if you decided something needed tweaked or is everything still all original most of it's the original everything on uh the slasher series that we make um there's six and a half seven eight and ten inch slices of those which the seven eight and tens are the main three that we have been working with um the sevens we've tweaked and we do a run every now and then of round lips instead of square Mm -hmm. lips um we had some guides at saint Clair that really that like more the round lip on that style of bait and they ask hey do you guys think you could make a round lip so we played with it. We we've got it dialed in. So we occasionally have some of those around. That's kind of like the I don't know what I envision as like the the St. Clair style bait. Ziggy. Is the that what you guys Ziggy. Is that what you guys typically do well on there? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that our five inch fat shad. And also we put the when we brought the eight inch deep thread out, that's where we put a lot of time in with it as well. Okay. And we did well there. Now, did you guys already have like a shop that, you know, a woodworking shop to, to kind of begin with, or how did you get started with that? Yes. Um, wood shop is actually at my dad's in his garage and we've got everything there since we've been into this within the last year. 
we have added a couple CMC routers and we've got them here in our shop. And um, was that quite a bit of a learning curve getting those set up? They, they seem daunting. Um, it wasn't as bad as I thought it might be on the first one. The second one, we're just now getting it ready to run. The small CNC that we've got, we use that a lot to cut out our lips. Um, okay. That makes it so much quicker than we were cutting them out with a pattern, pattern and um, pattern bit on a router table, and it I can do twice as many lips in the same amount of time now. So. And you can, can you, is it, you know, I guess refined enough, you can kind of set it and forget it and be able to do some other things while it's running? Yeah. I don't walk away from it very far when we're doing <laughs> it. I'll stand there and be sanding or doing something else to bodies while it's running because it's, it's a computer program running it mainly and every now and then it gets a glitch you can run it two or three times and it'll run perfect you think you got it down the fourth time all of a sudden the where the holes get drilled for the toe eye they might be off on the lip and it's like it always happens about the fourth run if i don't shut it down and start it up again so little learning curve that we're yeah. figuring out sometimes uh, you just got to turn it off and turn it back on again that's the uh, yep. it wizard and <laughs> unplug it did a ma electrical maintenance for some years you just cycle the power that's all you got to do fixes 90 percent of the problems yeah people call me every day i just tell them to shut it off turn it back <laughs> on and I, then i run away so when you guys bought the bought the company, like how many how many different baits did you purchase as as part of that asset purchase agreement? How many do you have total? I guess. Well, the shad series. There's the four inch shad, the minnow, the five inch shad, the mag shad. So there's four in that one. The deep sets was the 10, 12, 12 shallow, 15, 21. The claw series, which is probably the most extensive one because there's the cast claw, which is a five inch, real skinny one. That's the one uh, I bought. No, I think that was a little claw twitch. Little claw oh, really? twitch. Was we we okay. haven't had any of the yeah. cast claws. We haven't had any shows this year. Um, cast claw, little claw twitch, little claw crank, eight inch. Nine and a half, eleven and fifteen, and then of course there's variations off of those, like the eight inch and the nine and a half is a casting and a trolling version, which the big difference is um the trolling is made out of western red cedar, the casting version's made out of cherry. Why is that? Okay. Just the different density, it creates a better action for casting and it, then um, it's a little slower rising in the water too the cedar is a little more buoyant and rises a little quicker yeah okay, okay. makes sense then the slashers and then the slashers there's six and a half seven eight and ten and then a grubby slasher and then a jointed model in the six and a half seven and eight so there's probably 
approximately 20 different patterns. Yeah. And the, I think grubby. The, the grubby slasher is the one that really always jumps out at me. And I, I think when in New York, I'm probably going to pick, pick one up. I, I want to see what the action is like on that. Like how it's, deep do those things get? Pretty deep. It's like my favorite casting crankbait I've ever thrown. I picked one up. I think it was the 2018 or 2019 musky max from you guys. Okay. But that tail just has all kinds of action back there and does a nice, you know, just works nice. Yeah. There's numerous ways to fish that lure too, which, um, a lot of guys don't even think about it. I mean, we've trolled it on St. Clair. We've caught fish trolling it. Um, some guys in Ohio got onto a trick with um, jerking it down as hard as they could get it down and then letting it rise back up a little bit and jerking it down again. Well, that's kind and, of how I, like, when I, when I look at that bait, that's how I envision, if I were going to put it on my rod, like, that's how I would think to fish it would be, as a, right. a jerk bait to try to get that thing down as far as you could. And I'm wondering like, what is the, is there a little wobble on the, on the way back up? Yeah, how does it does come? A, how does it come up? Kind of does look good. It, it'll wiggle coming up a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the action I think coming up is in tail though, more so than the body. Is that a and tail yeah. that you guys pour yourselves or do you buy? Is that a, is that like the, the Mogambo, you know, whatever. It's the, Originally, it was designed with the Kalen's Big and Grub, I think it's the called. The 10-inch one. The 10-inch one. Okay. And then um, we cut probably an inch, a little over an inch off of the head of it, and then drill it, and it's, there's a wooden dowel in the body that it's glued to. And then um, I've got another guy that's working on um, pouring them for us mainly because Kalen's is down to four colors and okay. there's a lot of, well, orange and black are two colors that we use a lot of and they don't do orange and black anymore. You guys are only making 30 some musky baits. You can't take on poor and tails too, or what? <laughs> What's one more thing? Yeah. That's actually something that, you know, Tom and I have talked about, like mm -hmm. I, I would love to pour some rubber just to like kind of learn the process of it. But, you know, you guys already have 30 plus, you know, <laughs> production models, full, production models. Like you can't, you can't exactly add, add another thing onto the plate. Like, Oh, let's just start pouring rubbers. Let's have some, uh, let's have some molds made and you know, start something totally new. I think that's where the line would get drawn in my house. If I, if my whole house smelled like rubber baits, uh, I think. Oh I, yeah. I would get some grief for that. Go ahead, Donnie. Use your hand up. We're talking about all the models that you, uh, you guys offer. I'm just curious. Like, is are all of these models available on any given day to be ordered online or, or something like that? Or are these made to order? You know, do you have to order them and, and then, then they're made custom? Or do you already do you stock all of these baits? There's a lot of them that we do stock. Um, this show season, we were short cast claws and the eight inch casting and trolling claws. Um, other than that, everything that we had, we had everything else that we make 
at the shows. It may not have been on the website because we didn't want to run into problems with selling something at the show and then getting an order for it on the website. So website is kind of sparse right at the moment, but normally anything that we make is on the website. Anything that we have available at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Colors, I'm sure after show season, there's gonna you guys will have a more definitive, you know, yeah. inventory. Yes. Like, what do you guys plan on taking in New York? You know, give me a ballpark. Like, how many baits do you guys take to a show season? It's, you guys got a big setup, man. You got a really big, a big setup and a, a very well put together display. And and you must have two of them because I think when you were at Muskie Max, Dad was at. You know the Milwaukee Muskie yeah. Expo or something. Yeah, yeah, he was in Minnesota, so we we basically split most of our inventory for that show. Um, we had to buy all the extra grid walls, so we were able to have both shows covered. But we split inventory. Um, we tried to look at it as what was probably more in the Minnesota market. So he had more deep threats than I had. Um, I had was a little more shad bait heavy at Musky right. Max. Um, you had more slashers. Yeah, I also had more slashers. Um, I think the claws we were fairly equal with what we had there, but the biggest thing was I think I had more shad baits. Dad had more deep threats. That makes those, sense. Given those the, deep yeah. threats just look so good. They do. Yeah. 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 And then and then with the deep threats too, we we came out with a new thing. Um, that we actually brought out at the Minnesota show that I didn't have and didn't really tell anybody about. Um, none of our baits had rattles. We put a rattle in our deep threat. So we had a version with the rattle and without a rattle that he had there, which, I mean, I got one here and I mean, it's 12 that we put the rattle in. Oh, so are those lines, are those solid wire, like all the way through or are they screw eye? Because I mean, if you're putting a rattle in there, like, how do you get the chamber in there to, to put the rattle in? They are solid wire through. Uh, they're through wired. The rattle in these is actually behind his eyes. Oh. So, and it's a. What do you do? Like, I don't want to. I don't want to take this your secrets or anything. But what do you like? Drill a drill a hole and put a rattle down in there, and then epoxy that or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, makes yep. sense. That's pretty cool. Yep. Did the uh, did you test the rattle on St. Clair at all? Did, was that a, a make a difference there? Um, we did that in 2020. Yeah. With another prototype, 12 inch, which um, not quite ready to come out. It's yet. not quite ready yet. Um, and it was a terrible day, miserable fall day, but the charter captain that we went out with had live scope on his um, boat, and we were watching this lure and did see the muskie come up, smack it, and then drift back off. Did not get a hook up on it. Was this trolling or casting? Trolling. It was trolling. Okay, Probably. how far without without me again, you know, prying too much, like how far back do you have this to, to be getting it on live scope trolling? Um he had it out on one maybe of those... maybe 30 feet back. I don't 
I think it's where he had it. Yeah. Okay. It was yeah. Thir- maybe 30 feet back, and it was the first uh, line on the um, – it was the inside line on the pointer board. Yeah. Okay. Runs four lines on each yeah, side of the board. So it was the closest – it was the closest to the boat that way. So, we're so you said you could actually see you you could see a muskie come up and take a swipe at it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. You know, when we brought I've it back in, before uh, too. When we brought it back in, it did have a tooth in it. So yeah, tooth <laughs> and some marks. It just didn't get a hook. Those are the days that uh, that I always lean on the rattles or my buddy and I that fish with a fair bit. He like the those crummy days it seems like the rattles really shine a little bit of chop and wind and whatever so the first time i ever saw the the fat shads we were up uh, i think chautauqua real outdoors you guys had sent uh maybe like four or five colors out there and i was up there with my buddy dan and i can remember it was like right after uh we heard about those baits i think uh i think it might have been todd young they did like a little recap on their podcast and I can just remember like walking in there and my buddy was like, I'm every single one of these. He grabbed every one and every single color there was swiped them out. We, we went fishing and they, those things, uh, you know, I I've seen them. I've looked at them a ton at these shows. I think I need to, I, th- I think I need to invest in one just to get it out there. I, I will say, I will say about those baits, like you guys do a, an amazing job with your product line. But I've the one thing I've noticed is like they're really, uh, we'll, we'll say like financially friendly in comparison yeah. to some other cedar baits. Absolutely, like, I mean, and this mm-hmm. is some, especially the bigger baits. I mean, my gosh, like the stuff, the, the prices that are being charged for some of these, you know, ten inch crank baits. Holy cow! But the the new angler, you know, the, a lot of the guys that that we talk to, they're just getting into the sport for them to go to a show. Like this is something they can get an eight inch, you know, trolling claw at, at that price to get into essentially trolling or fishing for muskies. Like that's a huge deal. Like, so that's, I just wanted to comment on that. Like you guys do a great job with your products, but I, I love that they're super affordable as well. Thank you. I mean, we try to keep it affordable for everybody. I know what it was like when I started out and musky fishing is obviously overwhelming when you start buying lures mm-hmm. do you have it any is. fish pictures on the 21 inch yet no or we do, do get... not no what rod yeah. do you run a 21 inch <laughs> trolling bait on the only guys i know that have ever run that have been on georgian bay st. and st lawrence and they were using a mass system okay that makes sense love to get one hooked up on it just to see how hard that sucker would be to reel in because just the lure <laughs> itself is a ton yeah tom you had a question yeah so recently ryan just made a video we got to see like a little shop tour of leo lures uh probably a party his shop and i mean he has like six airbrushes going he has a machine specialized for everything you can imagine pretty much and he's making a lot of baits but i mean you guys have almost, I mean, 30 different baits. You're making a ton of baits. And I'm wondering what that setup looks like. Uh, t- take me on a little virtual tour of your shop. Okay. Uh, most of the woodworking happens, like I said, over at my dad's shop. And table saw, band saw, planer, planer 
three three different sanders um three router tables that we use over there and then obviously a drill press there and then we've also got like i said the two cnc routers here at our shop plus another drill press here and then uh, once it gets through that section comes down into the basement we've got our paint shop and assembly shop and stuff set up in the basement do you guys split duties there is, or is father the expert at one and son does the paint or how does how does the nick how does, does that work most, yeah nick yeah. does most of the painting okay actually any finished painting right now he's doing all of it I'm and you're doing that, most you're doing most of the wood stuff i do a lot of the wood stuff the assembly stuff um epoxy while he's at school so and no other help just you too yeah that's impressive that's unbelievable to me do you I guys just saw the uh that rainbow trout oh, i was ogling the 21 inch deep thread on your website that's a beautiful rainbow trout pattern all your guys's paints are beautiful yeah do you guys get ever uh, ever feel like overwhelmed? Like just looking around, like it's just example, like a show like New York, you know, you've got, you've gone through all these shows. You guys have been splitting baits. Like how do you, how do you feel and how do you approach a show? Like what we have coming up this weekend, you know, with all of these different essentially models of baits and, and things like that. Is there any, uh, is there any uh, level of stress you can speak to trying to get ready for a show like that? Um, yeah, it can, can be kind of stressful. Um, I would say it's more earlier in show season, like preparing for those first shows, trying to build enough inventory to carry through the first half of show season. Like I think we did was six shows this year. New York will be the sixth or seventh. So trying to get through that first half, Cause like January we had Chicago, Ohio. So we didn't have a lot of time. And then Milwaukee was two weeks after, I think it was two weeks after Ohio. So there's not a ton of time in between to build inventory back up. So, I mean, we start probably in October, September, October, trying to start thinking about, okay, what do we need to make for this show season? And then with colors, it's really, it's just a guess about, okay, what, some of the things we've thought would be really good colors that guys would like. Sometimes we sell a lot of them. Sometimes we don't sell as many of them. So it's trying to figure out, okay, this bait, how many do we like say our fat shot? How many do we make in this color? How many do we make in that color? So it can be kind of stressful. Um, and then by the time the first show comes, it's usually all good. But then sometimes if there's something that sells really well, it's, Oh, boy, we need to now get, restocked on that so yeah it can be kind of stressful and then later in the season though retailers start wanting to have orders filled as well so making sure we have show stock plus we're knocking those retail orders out so kind of an avalanche right at the beginning of the year sorry yeah how do you guys make those decisions in terms of like okay we're gonna paint x amount of clown or we're going to paint x amount of wonder bread you know whom it is it you guys go look back at your past 
show sales and say, we need to make more of these or how does that work? Yeah, we've tried to keep records of like how many of each color we've had at the start of a show season. So we, and we have also tried to keep track of what has sold at each show color wise. So we tried to judge it off of that, of how many to make in general, and then of the colors. And then we try to do from year to year, do a different variation, like white belly perch, say. We try to put a different spin on it every year. Make right. Do you, guys, do you guys do before. much in the way of like, you know, special colors, like, you know, show season colors or Team Rhino Outdoors does, you know, they, they want special colors for... Yeah. For their you know to, to have tro specials i think that stuff is really cool and do you guys take part in that at all yes yep we're yeah T team rhino has um i forget exactly how many different lures i'm thinking it's 10 or 11 <laughs> 10 different styles and then um each show season we try to come up with a few special colors for each year and then okay. we have our obviously our stock colors uh, white belly perch hot perch fire tiger crappie something like that that we always stock it's always on the website not a problem but like yeah. I say each year we do try to come up with new colors yeah so like our um, show we did a peacock bass on several of our baits this year um we did one that we called a color shift shiner that we use some color shift paints on the back of it. Okay. When you yeah. guys are putting these, you know, the, the colors together, Nick, you're doing most of the painting. Are you like, when it comes to like, Hey, let's, let's try something different. Is it, is it you that's being are you the you mastermind? Know, yeah. Just kind of like uh, thinking outside the box or are you guys, do you guys talk about that? I mean, it fascinates me that you guys are, are a team duo because I run a business and it's hard enough in my business to, you know, make decisions and I'm the only one having to make the decisions. So. Um, I mean, I make a lot, I do a lot of it, I think, but ever, I do ask dad, I'm like, Hey, what do you think if we would try doing this on this bait instead of what we've done in the past? I mean, he does every now and then say, Hey, why don't you try painting this pattern? See what it would look like on one of these baits. And then we decide, Hey, if we want to do more of that bait or, just leave it as that one one off and it gets thrown in our box or <laughs> so i mean i would say that i do a lot of it when i'm painting but you know we we talk about some of the random things that we yeah. do too i mean it's not uncommon and there's a tote sitting around here someplace that started of um, paint jobs that playing around with different stuff and it's not uncommon for alert to be painted before i see it and then it's what do you think of this so have you ever has pops ever rejected any nick have you ever had one you were so happy you're like man check out this one and he was like eh -eh, ain't happening um i've never rejected one but i've had my doubts on a few yeah. and i've learned to keep on <laughs> usually, usually those are the ones that'll sell the quickest uh so I, I have a question. What then with all these baits and all this paint and everything, it's, it's actually a two part question. Part one, what, what is your favorite bait in your lineup between the two of you guys? And then what is your favorite color to paint Nick? 
All right, take that bait while I think about both of those. My favorite bait. Oh, that's hard. Is this okay? So is this to fish or to build? Favorite bait. Let's do uh, part to, to one. Paint. To paint. To actually paint. I think. Yeah. Let's let's go with that. All right. So painting. I would say. I probably like the to paint the deep threats the best because of the amount of space on them space to do different things is there a particular pattern that you like to paint like uh, you know i know i don't know you know i don't have nearly the paint paint throwing experience that most of these guys do but there are certain patterns that kind of i don't want to you know i don't look forward to painting right um probably probably our i our brown walleye that we paint that's probably one of my that i developed just a few years ago just because it's too like too too many layers or like what what do you have to do um yeah there are quite a few layers i mean it's it's a longer process with it um i mean it starts with a brown base pearl belly and there's pencil scale over it then a lot of shading and then i did a lot of sponging on that one with the paint as well then but that i would say that's probably one of my favorites um that rainbow trout we did as well i mean that was one of my favorites i really liked that one the way it turned out um with that though with all those dots i couldn't do it i asked my mom helped out with that yeah she helped out she did all the dots on that so what kind of paint do you guys use? Uh, is it is it the typical Createx or are you using like automotive type of deal? Yeah, we use primarily all the different Createx lines, both okay. Createx, Wicked, all that stuff. And what about uh, epoxy wise? What do you guys use? If it's not a trade secret. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if I'm trying it... too much, by all means, tell me to 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 go pound salt. Um. Right at the moment, we're trying a couple different epoxies, and I really don't want to say anything about the one right now until we settle on it. I'm always looking for something different, um, mainly, and when I say different, something that'll be better than what we've been using. Like when we first got the company, Mike was using um, Etex Light. Etex Light, which we started with that. It's easy to use, but after a few years, it yellows. Right. Uh, we've, we've done Alumalite, which also has that same the problem. Amazing clear cast. Alumalite. Okay. Yeah. So we're looking at several different UV um, epoxies with UV in them and trying to figure out which way we're going to go with that. I mean, there's I just I just started using uh, True Glide recently on my blades, and and I've found it's just a hell of a lot easier to work with. And I previously had been using KBS Diamond Clear, right? And that stuff I just found was incredibly difficult to to deal with to manage. You just, oh, and just got to ask everybody we have on here what epoxy they're using because I know still trying to mm-hmm. figure epoxy is a big question for me. Owen's the been disappointed in all of for them me. so far. So I know. Yeah, that's a standard question. <laughs> what epoxy are you using? Those UV <laughs> ones do seem enticing with the the I guess the aspect of maybe being able to have them cured in way less time than 
a normal. Yeah, do you guys have like a, did you build like a UV curing box? Oh, no, no. When I mean UV, I mean. Oh, UV inhibitors. Oh, okay. 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 The UV epoxies, I'm still researching that. It's not a go yet. Yeah, when you mentioned Illumilite, I thought you meant the Illumilite UV, which a lot of people speak highly about, but I've never used it. That's what my one buddy that kind of tinkers at home and builds his own baits. He has this, it looks like he's cooking meth in this cooler. It's all lined with aluminum foil foil on the inside. And he's got black lights in there. And I mean, they, it turns out a nice coat, but it's, it's a, it's a touch and go on the process. I, I have a question for Nick Fiesler on this one. How do you know what it looks like when you're cooking meth? It's what they say it looks like. He's from Erie. So okay. I've heard. I'm just right. saw, I saw it on Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. Tin foil means drugs. That's all I know. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And aside from the giant variety of wooden bait you guys make, you also have a spinnerbait, correct? Oh, yes. Yeah. And now that was an original uh, B&N kind of bait. That wasn't something acquired from Talons, was it? Uh, that's what we bought. We brought that. We started with okay. spinnerbait. We've always kept with them. And have yeah. you changed anything since then, or is that all still the original? Yeah, yeah, it's the original. Once we started with that, because um, like all we'll have at the New York show is a triple a triple willow spinnerbait. Um, I think we started with that one in fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. And yeah, once I got it dialed in, we haven't changed that one at all. That's what How Donnie says. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, assembled assembled bait and everything is about two and a half ounces. Okay. That's more of a caster's type of spinner bait then. Yes. Yeah. So can I go back to my original question? I still want to know what your favorite baits are. And, uh, and in particular, <laughs> we I distracted know- them. What, oh, what your favorite fishing? baits are for fishing, not painting. Okay. Yeah, if you had to pick one to run, yeah, what would it be? Casting or trolling? We'll do both. Let's, let's do casting yeah, we'll both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of each. Spring little claw twitch. All right. Okay. Yeah. That's what can Owen I, got. Correct. Can I You're damn right. In in one of my favorite patterns, like a lemon head <laughs> type pattern. Um. Now that it's got me real excited for springtime. Are we Are we talking Lake Saint Clair for that? Is that no. what you're? No, I'm talking um, the higher Yeah. Okay. When does Saint Clair actually open for musky fishing? Hold on, time out. I want to know. I want to. I want to <laughs> get Stop, my question. Nick. I know. I know. Because <laughs> every single time this happens, and I always, I never get my answer. So I want to know <laughs> what pretty, your favorite. I'm gonna. Are. I'm ignoring Ryan, and I'm gonna say I'm pretty sure Saint Clair is open year round now, isn't it? It is. The American side is. The American side is. Okay. Yeah. So now you can answer Ryan's question. (laughs) Trolling, trolling, it's a difficult um, choice because I like the five inch shad and the seven inch slicers both. And that's strictly because that's what we use a lot of when St. Clair. Okay. Okay. That's helpful. I I, I asked this for a reason because if I want to, if I come to your booth, you know, in New York, 
I want to, I want to know what you guys, what your favorite baits are. I want to sit down and start right. with those. I need a starting point. You know what I mean? So Ryan's currently doing the math and allocating funds. Oh, it's already done. I've been doing it all day <laughs> off and on. So, I mean, what would you guys say is your bread and butter, so to speak? You know, what do you sell the most of and what, what do guys have the most success on? It really, I think it depends on as far as from show sales, it depends on the, where we are as far as what, which bait style sells better. I'd say overall, probably, probably our two best are probably five inch shad. Really all of the, the five inch and under, the four, four inch ripping shad, four and a half inch ripping minnow, and the five inch shad. All three of those sell well, and probably seven inch slasher is probably our other other bait little clock crank little clock twitch is so well this year too yeah so okay and do you see much difference i mean you you mentioned that it kind of depends on where you are yeah in terms of what i mean i assume here in western pa we're used to kind of the smaller baits maybe the yeah. five the four and a half five and a half six inch baits whereas do you find that northern guys like bigger baits minnesota guys Wisconsin guys like bigger baits or what? In Minnesota this year, I sold a lot of the 10 inch deep threats and 12 inch deep threats, but I also sold a lot of four inch shad. So, and what's the price point on that 12 inch deep threat? Because that's a big bait. 12 inch deep threats, I think, if I remember right, are $80. 80, yeah, 80, I think. Okay. Uh, Isn't yeah. bad at all for a bait. Yeah. No, I mean, that's You're a gigantic all bait. Here. I'm a I'm a big bait guy. I like I like big baits. You gotta sing the whole song, Donnie. I like <laughs> big baits and I cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys have planned for New York? Tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, what can customers expect to see at your at the at the show if they show up in New York? Um, well, well I'll start with our shad lineup. Um if I remember right, our five-inch shad, we probably have close to 40 colors that we'll have. We have a large assortment of colors. Um, our four-inch ripping shad and four-and-a-half-inch ripping minnow. I don't think we have quite as many colors of those, but we have easily over 20 of each of those. Between 25 and 30, I think. Okay. And there may be some variation in colors. I mean, if there's uh say a clown in a four and a half inch ripping minnow there may not we may not have it in a five inch shad or something so we have a lot of different colors um the seven and a half inch mag shad we probably have six or seven different colors in that we don't have as many colors in that bait um which that's strictly strictly a bait that a guy would want to troll with um it pounds really hard and it gets deep um the seven and seven and a half inch slashers we have another with those we have approximately 20 to 25 colors and those i think that we'll have and how many how many of each color do you paint oh uh, we try to yeah that's always a guessing game at when we paint stuff <laughs> for show like i said earlier we try to try to paint a stock that can carry us through hopefully the first five shows. So, uh, probably about, 
Do you guys ever build them like right to the painting stage and have them on deck, mostly ready? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. we try to have planks of ever for everything ready to go all the time, but sometimes we get behind on that even too. So so back to this painting thing, like you're talking about New York, are you guys going to have any like the fabled Chautauqua colors, like brown perch, the orange belly brown perch, every iteration of brown perch? Because that's the only Goldie. thing. Goldie. Goldie. Thank you. Yep. Uh, we have the five inch fat shad. I know I just finished up some of those last week in both a white belly brown perch and an orange belly. So we'll have some of those. Uh, goldies, I think. I don't, about out of. Yeah, I don't. I think we are about out of goldies. We may have a few of the glitter version left, maybe in the five inch shad. Maybe one or two. I'm surprised people don't paint more like white. What is that? Those white bass that are up there? Yeah. Because that almost seen... look like a striped bass, but they're, yeah, that's what like... they get the wipers, white striper hybrids with. I know like perch typically does well up there and those fish eat a lot of perch, but I feel like I, they got to be crushing those white bass too. That's what I've done well on the, the Matlock makes, makes the, that color. That's the only company I think I've seen that yeah. color in. Yeah. I was just curious. Mostly a silver with the lateral mm-hmm. black lines. I kind of had a question for you guys. I mean, we're talking about all these baits. Is your box at this point all B&N Customs? I mean, aside from rubber baits, like when you open either Nick or Dad's box here, is it all your guys' lures? Yes. I mean, you Yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah. Uh, we've both got a closet full of stuff that we've accumulated over the years, which a lot of it um, we won't get rid of. I think that's a yeah. cool thing because I'm it very seldom sees the water anymore yeah. or even into the boat. Yeah. Know. I think it, that's a cool thing. I mean, if you, you guys make something for everyone, if you're trolling, if you troll big baits, if you troll small baits, if you cast big baits, cast small baits, if you can't like casting spinner baits, like you guys, you guys really cover all the bases for anybody yeah. doing anything. I have, I do have one more question. What is the biggest fish that you've guys caught? On any any one of your baits, whether it was it's going to be a two part question. It's going to be the biggest fish that you guys have caught, and then the biggest fish caught on one of your baits. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Thank you. This that we have caught is fifty one and a half. Is that, is that a Saint local? Clair? Is that an Ohio fish or is Saint Clair fish? Saint Clair fish. And what Saint- what model was that on? It was on a prototype of our trolling 10 bucktail which we haven't made any for two years years i think just haven't had time to get that one together now that's a specifically trolling design bucktail um that was the original intent with that um but one of our guide charter captains went on a vacation away from saint Clair. And was you casting because it's about about a four or four and a half ounce bait. I mean, it's weighted heavier. Um, it's all marabou, so it holds water as well. And he was using it casting. It was wind situations. It cast really well in wind. He found out, and he 
I want to say 54 or 50. It was either a 53 or 54 and then a 51 or 52 on that trip. All in one trip. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Those are giant fish. (laughs) Yeah. I like to think about fish that big. (laughs) Yeah. One thing we are doing too with um, the lures that we sell, we're asking, um, everybody to send us pictures of the, any fish that they catch on our lures. Sure. Um, going to do a drawing at the end of the year for a lure package, apparel package, something. And then um, as an aside on that, then there's also a, one for the big fish. And last year's big fish was 50 and a half. 50 and a half. Yeah. So. Okay. We'll have to enter into this. But that's something we decided that we wanted to do. So just try and get some more pictures of fish and um, drum up more interest. That's very cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the the getting pictures of fish, I feel like when you sell a bait, like you almost like have to tell somebody, please send me pictures of anything you catch on this thing, you know, otherwise they won't do it. You know, and and as a bait maker, that's like the one thing you want, you know, like just, just give me a little bit of validation. Send me a picture of what you caught. I don't ask for anything else. Give me a damn picture. Hey, can I ask it? Can I ask a question on that? No. I feel I feel like as a typical I'm gonna ask it anyway. As as a typical <laughs> fisherman though, sometimes I feel like I, if I send somebody a picture, I feel like I'm just I'm just I feel adding, like they don't care. I, it's not that they don't care. I just feel like that everybody sends them pictures, but that's yeah, not that's what I mean. The, yeah, that's no not way. always the case, right? Like mm-hmm. as as a bait maker, I I can say like send me a picture of every single fish that is caught on mm. one of my baits. Like it doesn't matter. Cause it, it just brings a smile to your face that, that it's working, even if it's a small fish. That's yeah. Cool. I, I totally agree with that. Like I would rather somebody send me a picture of every fish, even if it's a 30, just the <laughs> satisfaction of knowing that all the effort that we're putting into building these baits, you know, that somebody found enjoyment in going out and catching that fish. Yeah. So it's, you're talking it's, to the right guy. <laughs> I could send you some pictures of some subs. You just wait. <laughs> we'll, get we'll get that taken care of. Well, like, uh, right. it's true. I mean, obviously you guys aren't in this to make, you know, you're not in this to become Steve Jobs or, you know, any of these guys that can purchase yachts and whatnot. Like you're, you're doing this because you enjoy it. You don't get started doing this unless you truly enjoy it. So I, I really like seeing that a father and son have decided to hey let's 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 do this together and we'll we'll figure it out we'll you know we'll take the bumps and the the bruises and we'll take the ups with the downs and we'll we'll make this thing happen and we'll you guys obviously doing five six shows that is that's an ambitious schedule because it's not easy to get ready ready for one show let alone five or six donnie you had a question there yeah going off of what you were just saying there uh, you're making all these baits or doing all these shows. How much time do you guys actually get to fish? Are you Good still question. able to get out on the water or are you just, are you building baits all the time? It's difficult. Um, we got out actually musky fishing last year, I think three times. Yeah. Oh my mm. Lord. 
It was it's rough. It, was it rough. gives me heart palpitations. But last year was <laughs> one of those years without shows. We thought, well, we're going to be able to get a fish this year. And wouldn't you know, retailers started placing orders in the middle of March. And we finally got caught up on retail orders. Early July. Early July for a week. How many retail contracts do you guys, again, I don't want to get into like specifics, but like how many retailers do you send, send baits to? We've got, well, Team Rhino, Musky Shop, Brian Helens. Um, there's a couple small shops up on St. Clair, Ohio River Outdoors down in West, across the river in West Virginia. Guides Choice up Guides in Eagle Choice River. in Eagle River. <laughs> Um, Chautauqua Real Outdoors, um, Reeds in Minnesota. Wow, that's about it, right at the moment that I can think of. There may that's be a, a couple that's a nice that's that's pretty much like all the heavy hitters in, in the in the industry for sure. Yeah, oh, uh, tack, yield tackle box in Lake Webster, Indiana. Indiana. So, Donnie, I saw you had your your hand up. Yeah, I got another question. Uh, I mean, you basically just named retailers all over the musky range. So um, you do have a wide range of baits. Do you? Where do you feel you have the strongest presence or strongest following? Like, where are you selling the most baits? Um, that's hard to answer because, I mean, Wisconsin. We do. We sell a lot of lures, a lot of baits in Wisconsin, mm -hmm. but. Ryan Helens and Team Ryan both ship all over the place, so I can't really say right where, where they're going. And like right before uh, Musky Max, Nick stopped down in Ohio River Outdoors, and he said, "Yeah, I just sent some lures ears up to a guy in Minnesota." So you know, it's hard to say where they're going. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's kind of cool oh. to think about that, though. You guys ever just take a minute and stop and like smile about that stuff? I mean, that's that's pretty cool. You're making these baits and they're going they're pretty out pretty much all, all over the world. Yeah, that's all yeah, over the country are. anyway. Yeah. Truly, they are because we've we've sent several to Italy, Sweden, yeah. wow, Pike guys Italy. over there. Yeah, have you gotten any pictures from over there yet? Have not yet. Oh, uh, you got to get on them about that. That would be cool to see some of those big European yeah. pike on the. What did they want? Like some casting, like I'd imagine casting baits or actually everything it's been a mix. sold over there's pretty much been big baits. Really? There have been a few there have been a few little claw twitch, but most mostly bigger the deep threats actually. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. That's awesome. I was gonna say if you if you want to get fish pitchers on that 21 incher, Donnie's your guy. They might be 30 inches, but <laughs> I, I run big baits for small fish. That's that's the name of the Swank Outdoors game. So, I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed the uh, sub bumping on Donnie's <laughs> boat the last couple of years. <laughs> it's it's a, a good it, time. Multiple right. states too. He he likes oh, to yeah. bump them in multiple multiple so, states. I like to travel. I like what Ryan said before about sending pictures because, like, even when I got started, I would I would catch a fish on a lure, whatever it was. Maybe it was a bucktail or a crankbait, and I would I would take a picture, but then I would think like this lure maker doesn't care. Like they probably get a hundred pictures a day. Like who am I to send them a picture? 
Mm-hmm. So it's cool to let people know. I mean, just send it. Yeah. Like they, they do care. They want to see them. Send the pictures. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that comes from like when when you're getting into this, I don't know, at least for me, like, you know, I was used to like companies like Rapala that I was buying lures from. And you think like there's they've been selling baits that have been, you know, catching fish for a hundred years and and they don't really care. It's just some guy in an office somewhere, but the muskie world is a lot smaller and these guys are just, you know, making usually making baits in their garage mm-hmm. and, and whatever. And, and it's just like, it's a really cool well, thing. The muskie world is a little bit of interested in it. a little bit of the pink elephant, so to speak, in the sense that it has not been taken over by the Corporate big stuff. gigantic right. companies like Rapala or Rapala or, you know, any of these companies that, you know, can absolutely knock the mom and pop shops out of, out of business. Because if it, if you ask me, it's the mom and pop, you know, it, mom and pop businesses are the musky industry. And oh, I think yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, absolutely. Is that, well, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've really liked having this opportunity to kind of, you know, to showcase a mom and pop or a son and pop, uh, <laughs> a company that is literally by definition you know keeping it in the family and doing small business and you know as a small business owner you 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 rely on each and every customer that you send your baits to or each and every customer that you handle you know for me i handle case for like every single thing matters so it it kind of you know it really has you have to pay attention to every small thing and and watching you guys as a father and son duo doing it staying as a family doing it together i gotta say like this is uh, this is something that i i personally want to support sure appreciate that i know i know it's kind of cool though because we've gotten um unsolicited phone calls emails and stuff about lures um was a guy that had bought a mag shad one of our first shows and within a week after the show he had been out fishing a river he said i just wanted to let you know i can get 35 feet of depth on that and i know that's accurate because of a hump and he says i know this is going to get bit two weeks later i got the picture where it got bit yeah so just stuff like that's kind of cool and then um there was a guy that we had talked to i don't even remember what lure he had bought and it was one of the first musky musky maxes that we went to we told him said let us know if you catch anything we're out on the lake fishing and phone rings i answered i didn't know who it was i thought somebody wanted lures and guy tells me who he is he says i bought this lure at the musky max i just want to let you know i just caught a 30 some inch fish on it that's cool so yeah it's kind of neat when they do that it really is i mean because that you know with considering that these companies are not mass produced you know bait makers it is guys like you guys behind the baits or myself or any of these guys that that are actually in their basement or in their shops actually putting these things together and you know you go you walk into dick sporting goods or cabela's and you look at the you know the plastic wrapped you know baits and and you don't think about the people behind those baits but with the musky world i find myself 
being more interested in the idea of what goes on behind these baits than actually what, you know, the, the baits themselves, because baits and baits come and go, you know, you're going to make baits this year. You're going to make baits next year, but it's, it's kind of the knowing that you're buying baits from people who are doing it the right way that really care about it, that, you know, are, are not make, not in it to make, you know, X amount of dollars, that's something that I really appreciate. And, you know, that's one of the big reasons why I wanted to have you guys on this, on the podcast here tonight was, you know, we, we wanted to, to kind of squeeze this in before New York, because I feel like you guys are, are kind of like the, I don't know, the epitome of, of what we want in the, in not only the musky industry, but kind of like, you know, the industries in general, like capitalism run amok, you know, at times can become, you know, difficult to deal with and to sure. see a small, you know, father and son that have, you know, scratched out, uh, you know, a, an area where you can, you know, make a living. No one's expecting anyone to be millionaires doing this, but Hey, you guys have, or have a roof over your head. I see a pretty sweet Mount behind you there. Like life can't be too bad. Right. No, not at all. Best way to look at it. Yeah. Well, before we wrap things up here tonight, uh, does anybody have any final questions for the guys in terms of what, uh, what, what to come for New York and what to expect? I do have a question, not about that, but going back to the father son thing, I'm thinking of working in a wood shop with my dad. Do you guys ever butt heads? I can, I can imagine working with my dad, trying to build lures would probably end up throwing some things at each other and walking out on each other more than once. (laughs) Is it pretty kosher over there? Does it ever get a little heated disagreements and the whole father and son thing? It gets heated. I can imagine. That's a beautiful thing. though. You, you just, you know, walk away, shake it off, and mm-hmm. calm that, let cooler heads prevail. Yeah. Everybody means well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So anybody else got anything we want to follow up with? I, 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 can't thank you guys enough for for taking the time to join us here on a sunday night i know this was a last minute type of deal we kind of threw this one together and i'm really happy we were able to do that because hopefully people listening to this will you know spend a little bit of time coming coming by the bnn booth let's do it on their way to the new york show i feel like we don't hear from bnn a lot uh you guys kind of like fly under the radar so it was cool to finally hear the voices and see the faces behind the brand you know yeah. Absolutely. Everybody deserves to hear the story behind be, behind these businesses, because, again, you know, this isn't the story of Walmart. You know, this is a you guys are, are a business that just started within the last, what, five, six, seven years. So this is all, you know, this is all new. I mean, so any type of promotion helps. And and I wish you guys nothing but nothing but success and nothing but but luck. And we all look forward to seeing you in New York when we're up there. Are you both going to be coming to New York or just one of you? I will be there setting up on Friday, be there Saturday. I'm going to come up for Saturday afternoon. So I'll be at the show Sunday. Okay. Okay. Hey, Bob, yeah, I'll stop. To see you guys. I'll stop over your booth on Friday. I'm going to take some video with you guys. So I'll, I'll at least yeah, stop Ryan, over and see you on Friday. Ryan's going to be doing yeah. like a, a little video, you know, compilation of, I mean, kind of like what you've done with Musky Max, right? Yeah, it's going to I'm going to try to do something a little different with this one. I want to try to film everything at the show. So instead of what me, because I typically I'll sit at my desk in my office and talk about it. I want to do all that stuff from the show, like on site. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how uh, 
how motivated I am. Well, that make, sure, make sure that, that the BNN boys get, get a little love on the Ryan Reed podcast this year. Yeah, it's, I'd love or, to, or the Ryan Reed video cast YouTube channel. I'd love to uh, do an interview with you guys if you have time throughout the show. Yeah. You'll also, see me. I'll be the one elbowing Ryan out of the way to get to your booth. Yeah, that's uh, with the, no no more flying elbow talk. We're done with all that. I will say, I, I just I just I heard like, that backstory. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the uh, I just I spent uh, I just liked every single one of your posts for the last fifteen or twenty. So I apologize to you guys. I had a time for that. Thank you anything guys. Anything you guys, on. Nick and Bob, anything you guys want to plug? Any uh, like, uh, is there a Facebook link? Is there a a website? You know, particular website you want people to look at? I mean, I I contact you guys through through Instagram, so that you can always find people find you guys on Instagram. Where else can people find you? Websites uh, com. Facebook is, I believe, being in custom rod and tackle, and Instagram, I believe, is this same name. So, Facebook, Instagram, and website are the best way. Um, you can order baits email. right on the website, right? Yeah, yes. you can order baits. And also with baits, um, if there's colors and a bait pattern or something that guys want, um, we do paint custom orders. So, guys can just either on the website, message us, message us on Facebook, Instagram, or send us an email at bnrodtackle at gmail.com. They can also do that. Or give me a call since I'm usually available when, because yeah. he's in school. Yeah. So teaching them little kids. Hey, someone's got to <laughs> do it. Yep. That's awesome. So, and I, I take my numbers on the, website but it's uh 419-303-7309 so all right awesome guys well now you're yeah, gonna I have can't... ryan calling you at all hours of the night asking for bait yeah ryan that, no right? dirty pictures no no dirty text messages <laughs> i'm not making any promises fellas <laughs> you're gonna get texts at 3 30 a.m now hey can you paint this color for me i was up Just late hope... thinking about this yeah tom's Just a vampire add you to the hunks chat and then you'll be getting texts in the middle of the night from tom talking about trout yeah Yeah, right (laughs) terrible thing all right guys guys, thank you thank thank you you so much guys i really appreciate it and i will i'll make sure to stop by and say hello up in new york all right all right guys thanks great talking to you nice talking to you guys thanks guys beautiful guys yep we'll see you i had to shake them on my last case big o don't play (laughs) 